This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the Charlotte Hornets 128-108. A comfy, cozy win against a lowly team in the NBA. A lot of really fun performances. A 20-20 and game from Fred. Um, it, it's not against the best competition, that's for sure. Some of the worst competition in the league. But a 20-20 and game is special. You take those where you can get them. You celebrate them when they come. Really fun performance by Fred. Scotty, even though the totals look a little bit underwhelming, like 12 points on 12 shots, there's a lot of really fun takes from him in this game, like the classic Scotty stuff where, you know, he takes a line drive or he, he's on his driving line and other guys just can't bump him off. And Scotty is so, like, he's incorrigible, right? Without reform, you cannot change his driving lines. And there was a couple of those in this game where you see wings or bigs try and meet him and push him off but he keeps plowing through. Those are the types of like process or development plays that you look at his body, the way he's able to convey himself around the court, and you say, yes, this is against the Hornets, but this is something that he can do against a lot of different guys. I love those types of plays. Pascal had 36. The Hornets didn't have anybody for him. The Hornets didn't have anybody for anybody, really, by the way. So like Bryce McGowan's, JT Thor, Williams, Svi Mihailuk, old friend who had 26 points. I'm pretty sure that's his career high. He had five threes for the record. He only he never hit more than two in a game last year for the Raptors. And, and Teo Maladon with eight points and 14 assists. Like James Booknight comes off the bench. He has 21. It's not a very talent. Like it's there's talent there. And who knows what some of these players go on to become. But as far as like relative to the NBA, they're not playing a super good team. But the Raptors, they were supposed to come in do business, make it out of there with a win, get back to 500, 39 and 39, 128 to 108, a win, a comfortable one. Very nice. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, you only pay if you win. And the, the upsides to that are quite obvious. Everybody knows it. Like, hey, well, I'd love to not pay for this if I lose, just to have a kick at the can. That's the deal. That's what's on the table here. If you're interested, 416-7301-777. Okay, so why did Fred get 20 assists? Well, it's a mix of a couple things. Transition, um, good connective reads. But most importantly, first and foremost, was that you look at who the Hornets are playing. You got Williams. You got... McGowan's, you got JT Thor, like Mark Williams, I think becomes a really good NBA player. But as far as being the fulcrum of pick and roll defense, I don't think that's something that's tenable currently, or even like Kai Jones or something like that. Like they're playing 
maybe closer to like replacement level bigs or G League bigs as far as the impact they're giving you currently. Kai Jones, Mark Williams, who knows where they end up in their careers. There's a, they're laden with talent. But Fred and Jakob, especially considering the guards that are there at the point of attack, Teo's not so bad. But, you know, James Booknight playing 25 minutes, having Svi, you know, like McGowan's, these guys. There's room to get downhill to cause rotation and to make plays from there. And Fred, I thought, made like a ton of really good ones. You know, gnashing the pick and roll, bringing it back out, letting guys like Scotty or OG or Pascal cut against, you know, less than attentive backsides of the Hornets defense. Lots of stuff there. Scotty, a couple, he had three assists on the night, but a couple of them were really nice. One, most importantly, was like this weave play where they're running it above the break. So everybody on the Hornets steps up. I believe as Boucher has an opportunity for a backdoor cut on the baseline. Scotty, as soon as he gets the ball, just boom, fires it into Boucher for a dunk. There was like a ton of great little passes. And a lot of it was born out of the Raptors just being the better team. The Hornets not being that impressive. But that's what you do at the NBA level. If there's a deficiency in performance, you got to ride that to a W. And while things got to what did the, the Hornets got is nine points at the start of the fourth quarter or something like that. They had some really impressive layups at the bucket. Eric Collins was in his bag. You know, he, he was he called Teo Maldon after he got a, a layup. He was like, oh, yeah, the French Revolution. And then he's like, the Frenchman knows something about English. I was like, damn, he's in his bag. OG Ananobi was hitting a bunch of threes early on. Eric Collins, as the ball was going to OG Ananobi, it hadn't hit his hands yet. He goes, oh, no. You know, I actually, I tweeted it out. Let me go read it for everybody. Because it was such like, I love when guys have great calls. And there, and there was a bunch of them from, from the Charlotte broadcast. And they, they, man, they <laughs> it was such a blast. So, yeah, the ball is on the way to OG. You get an oh, no from the broadcast. OG hits the three. He says, some things you guess at, other things you just know. OG can stroke it. And that's like, great job on the call, dude. And that's one of the best parts about the Hornets broadcast is they are not solely enjoying the game from the Hornets point of view. They're there to watch basketball, man. If they think the Raptors players are awesome, if they think that there's a good play, they're going to celebrate it. That's what I like. That's a really fun aspect of, like, that's something that even the Raptors broadcast doesn't necessarily do very well, right? Like, you know, Jack and Matt Devlin might be a little bit more ho-hum if it's 128 to 108 for another team and these guys are just like, you know, dominating them. It's it's nice to hop on a broadcast and get it from both sides, something like that. Um, OG as well. He was tremendous in this game. It was, you hit your threes, the NBA game can slow down, can be pretty easy for you. OG with 23 and seven in this game. I mean, he shot nine of 13 from the floor. Five of six from three. Here's the kicker. He took two pull-up threes. He hit one of them. The pull-up three has been a major struggle for OG in his career. He's hit like 80% of his mid-range shots over the past month. He's hit a lot of his threes. But that pull-up three, we'll see if that comes along. He's pretty late into his career to develop that. But who knows? It's, it's something he's trying to, you know, obviously develop. And if he does get that, then his driving game opens up a lot. There's guys who have come to it late in their careers. Hmm. Perhaps Victor Oladipo is the best example. He, he really took off once he was able to, you know, utilize the pull-up three. It completely changed his percentages at the rim. 
his volume at the rim because he was drawing closeouts and different types of contests. Nobody was shooting the gap on his screens anymore. They were climbing over the top, which means, you know, you either get that two-on-one or a one-on-one against a backpedaling big or a shuffling big. OG, with how well he finishes at the rim, with how long his stride length is, uh, getting downhill against guys without much impediment is is really important. And I guess we'll see how that develops. It was one shot. I'm probably going in too far, but it's one of those interesting things I like to talk about is OG's three. Jakob, he just bossed them like the the front court, 16 and 9. Uh, the Raptors, they ran the elbow alignment lob play for OG. If you want to read about that and the horns flex variation, I guess the elbow alignment is the variation of the horns flex one. If you want to read about that stuff, go to raptorsrepublic.com, go to my author page. It's the Raptors' best scripted half-court play. They run it every game. They try and target it because it's good. It features the flex screen from Fred, the lob for OG, or just the duck-in for OG. Um, I wrote about it. You can know exactly how it works. You can recognize it on TV and say to your friends, hey, here's this play. This is why it works. And you can be you know, a genius or something like that. <laughs> Quiet game for Jeff Doughton Jr. Came in, played a little defense at the point of attack, a ball mover on offense, getting downhill a little bit, never really taking it to the rim, little drop-off passes like the one to Coloco, who made a 16-foot baseline jumper very nice to see from him Achua man uh, he had one of the funniest plays I think I've seen this year he got a dump off pass and he went up and dunked it over two guys there was some contact there and I guess the way the ball came out of the rim he thought he missed a dunk that he dunked I've never seen anything like that before he dunked it as somebody who I've never done a two-hand dunk in my life not once. Well, unlike a lower net, on a regulation net, never two hands. I got more than 10, less than 20 one-handed dunks off in my life. And I got to tell you, I knew every time it went down. Like there was there was no feeling like it. Achua, this is a guy who he doesn't even know how it feels anymore. He just dunks so often. He's like, he sees the ball over on the floor and he chased it down. Man, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I thought I thought that was so funny. Um, Flynn plays four minutes. Harper Jr. comes in for like a minute and a half. So does Wieskamp and, and Banton. Rexdale represents, we're out here, the Rexdale folks or the Rexdale folk. Myself was very happy to see that. Um, it's been a, a tough year for Banton. Uh, obviously, decisions will be made in regards to his contract for next season. We'll see. Um, second round picks, back end of the second round. They're flyers, you know, not a lot of these guys get second contracts. Some of them, you know, they don't even really make it up to the league. They sometimes they just get stuck in the G. David Johnson, for example, right? The Raptors who they took Banton and Johnson back to back. Banton got a lot of minutes last year relative to where he was drafted this year. Just hasn't really been a part of the rotation. We'll always have that performance. Uh, what is it? 28 points against Detroit at the start of the season in a win. Uh, where he was, he's pulling up from three. He's making slick back cuts. You know, he's getting down t- downhill, hitting mid-range pull-ups. It was like, wow. But it just, it hasn't been there this year for him. Tough. But overall, yeah, the Raptors, they're stars. You know, if you, if you whatever you consider a star, I know people argue about these terms. Um, they're big guys. They're they're he- he- heftily paid players. Um, they, they dominated the Hornets as they were supposed to like 20 and 20 from Fred is a big game. He's supposed to do that. 
36, 7, and 7 from Pascal. Big game. He's supposed to do that. Scotty, a quieter statistical game, but I thought that there's a lot of process involved in there and a lot of defensive plays that I thought were pretty impressive too. Um, good feet, man. His, his footwork's getting better on the closeouts. Like he's he's creating better angles. He's playing guys off the line in less than straight line drives. Like he's he's giving them more loopy drives, which gives the defense more time to rotate over and gives him a better chance to contest from behind. Like that's super important. Um, he's st- he's sticking guys a little bit better at the point of attack. So this is all you know about feel on the defensive end. This is all about paying attention to scheme and kind of like coordinating your body to fit as well as you can within it. So that's really nice to see from him. I thought it was impressive. The Reggie Evans Award, man, I'll give it to I'll give it to OG because he rolled his ankle. And I don't know if Reggie Evans, I can't remember. Like I watched a lot of Reggie Evans with the Raptors, but I was a kid at that time. So I don't know really if he was a guy who played through injuries. I just knew he was eating glass and getting after it. But OG has a mild ankle sprain. He he caught a ball on the short roll, um, made a pass out to the corner, but in doing so stepped on. I can't remember whose ankle and um and rolled it sprained it obviously a mild sprain is what nick nurse called it so um and and he stayed in the game man there were conversations this this was something that was talked about right is that like there there was um friction between og ananobi well i talked about this and i believe it's josh lundberg who reported it that there was friction between og and nurse and the raptors between like playing hurt or whatever, or maybe taking too long. I disagreed with that. OG's played hurt all the time. He gets injured more than people would like. That's true. Absolutely. But he does play hurt all the time. And playing hurt isn't necessarily like a, a virtue either, but it's it's ridiculous to assert that he doesn't. You know, like you, you can praise it as a virtue, I guess. You know, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. There's plenty of people who think you shouldn't. But if you're going to praise it as a virtue, don't label guys who do do that as guys who don't do that. And once again, he plays hurt in this game because he finished the game on a sprained ankle. And, um, you know, he played he played 34 minutes. He sprained his ankle at, what, like 29 minutes in or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. But a uh, quick reaction comment is from GHP, quote, I really believe it's time for a coaching change. He runs the starters into the ground and has zero faith in any of the bench players, end quote. Ooh. See, this is what I expected, man. Because when when Nick talked about that stuff, I've been talking about the Nick stuff, on, you know, for a while. Before it was in vogue, probably to say like, hey, what is Nick doing? Um, also, like the interpersonal stuff. Why is, why is Nick this way with the players? I think, and the way he discussed it in the presser the other day, and then today when he got upset at Lindsay Dunn, who is great. She's phenomenal at what she does. Great reporter. She was asking him about those comments, and he got really angry at her and was like, well, I said it because I was asked about it three games in a row, and I don't want to talk about this anymore. Having been at the games, he wasn't asked about it three games in a row. He was asked about it for the first time the day of. He responded to it very candidly. Um, there's stuff going on. I don't know if, if fences are going to be mended. I don't know what's going to happen with it. Um, but I have hours and hours of conversations and just like dialogue, monologue, I guess, if it's the Raptors Reaction Podcast, where 
I have lamented some of the decisions that nurse makes um, as like a, a leader of men and as a tactician. And I don't know what's going to happen with it, but I think it's clear to everybody now. Nurse definitely allowed for that in his comments um, that it is uh, being surveyed. Um, we don't know what's going to happen, but people who thought that he's the 10 year, because he's been here 10 years, right? He's been in Toronto for 10 years, but people who thought like he's the Popovich, um, that's probably not true. That's probably not correct. And um, there's a bunch of reasons for that. But anyway, thanks for writing in JHP. Thanks for listening in, listener. Whether you actually, hey, 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 whoa. If you're on YouTube, like that video, subscribe to the channel. Most importantly, go to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe. That's the big one. And uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast channel, thanks for chopping it up with me. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.